Hi, Stephen Piercy from Rat. You're listening to Jay Scott. The Hook Rocks. everyone it's jay scott it is the hook rocks it is the ultimate rock community podcast thanks for tuning in once again we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts something for all different types of music interests we have it on pantheon i always mention a lot of my friends at the beginning of the show like mac with the ugly american werewolf in london podcast martin popoff the rock historian Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, the Great Kiss podcast, as well as Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and Banging podcast, and Decibel Geek. So check out Chris and Aaron as well. Uh, don't forget to follow the Hook Rocks wherever you do uh, your social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search up the Hook Rocks. And we've had some great shows for you over the last couple of months. We've had Joe Satriani. We've had Mark Tremonti. We just had Todd Damick-Kearns, which was a great conversation, as well as some new music spotlights like Native Sons, Stone Broken, Deep Fall, and many others. So check out those, as well as some great commentary as well. We just had our audio expert Skylab on talking about how to improve your acoustics in your own home very for, for free. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Just do a little uh, things differently with your stereo or speaker placement and... You can have, you can improve your, your sound immensely. So check that out as well as our live album review with, with uh, the Recividus, where we did Kiss Alive. So check that out too as well. And we are going to be talking with someone who hasn't been on the show for almost three years. He's been busy. He's been rocking out. I think he's got an off day today, or maybe he's just, you know, chilling out before a show. And that is the guitar player from Classes Act. Griffin Tucker. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. We, uh, we we played three stadium shows, and it's it's been a dream so far. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You know, I, I saw you in Chicago open up for Dorothy and Joyous Wolf, um, and that was the first time I saw you live. You actually just kicked it with, with the guitar. It was actually just awesome. Um, fantastic show. And now you're touring with legends you're touring with legacy artists that are ones in the rock and roll hall of fame one will probably be there eventually but what's this experience like for you for the past year because you know you were you had your own band and then you moved out to la 
and then you found yourself in classes act. So walk us through what transpired over the past year. Well, this, this whole experience has been, has been so wild and it's been such a, I've, I've just been having so much fun. Um, but it, it started the, the reason why I moved out to LA, uh, or I guess the way it started was our manager, Rick Canny, uh, was scrolling through TikTok one day and happened to find one of my videos. And it was just like this little video of me doing like a perfect pitch challenge. Some of my friends were like, played a note on a piano and I like tell him what it is. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to join the band. And so for the past year, we've just been working and working and, and get, you know, perfecting our, our craft and our chemistry together. Um, and we just finished our, our first, our first tour, first at least major tour uh, around the country with, with Dorothy. And uh, that was, that was so fun. It's really the first, really my first like time really touring uh, for that long. Um, and even, especially in a van, it was the first time I'd ever like lived out of a van, you know? Um, but now we're, now we're doing the, the stadium tour and we've only played three shows, but it's been just, just the most savory taste I could, I could ever expect to, to have. Um, and the people working here are so nice. And of course the band is amazing as always. So it's, it's really, it's really been a lot of fun. What was that like? I mean, you you put out a, few, a couple of songs under a, your own band, and now here you are. Classes Act has been on the LA scene now for a few years. Um, lots of you know changing parts over the last you know four or five years, I want to say. But they built a reputation on the Sunset Strip and, and playing in Southern California. Now you're you know they have an album coming out. You guys have an album coming out on the twenty fourth, I believe, and you're on tour, you're doing all this stuff. Like what's the whirlwind been like? I mean, this is like, you know, this is a huge step. I mean, you were, I mean, a year ago before this all happened, were you thinking that this was even a possibility? To, to get discovered by, by someone, by someone like our manager to get to be in a band that's going on the stadium tour. I would have never, I would have never imagined it a year ago. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, five years ago, I would have imagined, you know, being being on like shows like The Voice or American Idol or being in all, all these different steps are so you just you really just can't predict them. And you just kind of have to be going with the flow and be ready for anything. And and just I, I was I've, I'm in a very I was and I still am in a very fortunate position to be in this band because my parents are very supportive and they they helped me through the transition from Texas to California. So I feel very blessed that I, that I not only was able to have the experience of being a solo artist and to have, have that in my, you know, in my little, in my toolkit. Um, and also to have the support to be able to, to make it out to California to, to join a great band like this. What's it like going from, you know, doing your own thing to now being in a collaborative effort with a band? Well, it's, it's, there's just so many different experiences and influences to pull from, I guess, because with, with being a solo artist, I, I only listen to so many bands. I've only, you know, like really delved into, you know, certain sounds. Um, but like when it comes to creating with, with different guys who are so individually creative, individually creatively driven, um, 
like Derek loves like Tom Waits and David Bowie and Pink Floyd. Franco loves Queen. Um, and he loves like Queens of the Stone Age as well. Um, there's just so many different experiences and, and so many different influences and bands to pull from. And you can, and if you ask like another member, like, Hey, what should I do for like this part of the song? Um, they might, they make they will give you like something completely different that you, that you wouldn't be expecting as far as like how to write songs and how to, how to approach different things. So it's been really, it's been really cool. And also what's really new is um, that I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not the lead singer in this band, Derek Day, who's an amazing singer is singing lead for this band and uh he's incredible but also he was a guitar player before he joined this band and he's an incredible guitar player but now he's like handing that off to Derek uh, handing that off to Dane and I so we're all kind of like this is kind of like it's it's a little bit new for all of us but after doing it for about a year it's we we've all kind of like learned our positions and we're we're really it's getting really tight and we really like where all of us are so it's it's cool it's cool to to kind of be a part of a band and not just be like a guy and some other dudes you know um it's been a lot of fun what's that like trying to merge yourself in a band that's been around for you know a bit granted they haven't released any material until now but you know you're stepping into something that is pre-existing was there a time period or, or a period of time where you know you're trying to get your footing within the band with each other Absolutely. I, th- I think that goes, I think that goes for any, any band that you join, any people that you meet, you just, you just have to find your dynamic as far as what your, what your friendship is going to be like, how far you're, you know, how, how involved your friend, your friendship is going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, like these guys have known each other for at least, I think Chuck was in the band for at least a year before I joined. So they were really like locked in for about like a year before I even entered the picture. Um, so it was, it was definitely like a little, it took a little while to really figure out like what was my place in the band and how far could I go? And, you know, the, like the, the possibilities of like our chemistry of like how I was going to get along with the guys. But I mean, I, before too long, you know, the more shows we started playing, we just, you know, you, you learn a lot about each other, especially under pressure, under the pressure of like a live show. Um, and we we played at this little this little club uh in Marina del Rey, California. And we and we like we played there like every week and we, we just learned a lot about each other and the way that we'd work together through that. So it was it was definitely it was it was it's you know, it's all new experiences, but it's it's been it's been pretty cool to get to to start start that over instead of like because I you know, I've I've worked with other people for like years, but it's been cool to to start that over. And especially with these guys, these guys are so, so nice. And they were so welcoming in the beginning. And we, we just, you know, we're just so excited to be playing music with each other. What's that like developing that chemistry? And when do you know when you have it? There's never, I, I guess there's, well, for Derek, I guess I can't speak for Derek because Derek told me uh, later, but the first time we all got in a room together, probably would have been last April, I want to say. Um, we, we all, we all got into this rehearsal room and of course I, they, they told me to learn like 12 songs. I ended up learning nine. And so we got in there, started playing the songs together. And Derek told me that like, he knew within like the first 20 minutes that I was going to be like the, the lead guitarist in the band. 
Um, I'm, I, I always find myself being, being insecure about my abilities just because like, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to get to like the next step of like the next big thing that I'd like to do as far as playing. So I, I guess I've never really had like a specific moment, but eventually there, there was just like, when I started, eventually like when I started being around the guys more and more, it just started feeling more natural. And we just, you know, we just became like friends who also play music together. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool kind of forming that, that friendship and that, you know, that, um, that relationship with these guys, because, you know, we're, we're on the road together. And of course, being on the road together, you learn a lot, learn a lot about each other, but it's, it's been, been pretty cool learning all about these guys. It's, they're, they're pretty amazing. Did you upgrade from the van for the stadium tour? No, we're in the we're in the same little little sprinter van as as we were in the last the last tour, um, and it's <laughs> it's you know it's not quite a house, but you can make it a home if you if you put your heart into it, you know. As far as the opportunity for the stadium tour, you know, here you are joining this band. When was the first inkling that this was a possibility? Oh my goodness. I, I remember when, when I first got that, that first message, um, I initially thought it was a scam. Like you, you, I get, I get this message and it's like, you want to join this band that's in California and that's going on this giant tour. And I'm like, I'm in Texas. Who would possibly want me to go out, go out and join a band in California? Um, and then once, once I really figured out that, that this guy was like, you know, that, that Rick was like really like this important guy in the business, um, then I really had to figure like, was I really going to be able to, to make the move from Texas to California? And it was, it was, it was tough in the beginning. Um, just because like, it seems like everything's more expensive in California to, to afford as far as places to live and eat and all that stuff. Um, but, but eventually as, you know, as we, as we, as we kept trying it out and as, cause it, it took a year of like brewing brewing this whole thing for 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 really to take off um i just you know my my parents have been just so supportive and they've my my mom has been coming out to to la with me for a long for for a while since i've never really lived outside of like my my parent my parents home uh for as long as i've i've been alive so I've never really had that experience. And especially with going out and, and touring in a van, it's been pretty different, but uh, I I've, I've been surrounded by so much support for my whole life. And especially for this past year, my parents have been so, so instrumental in, in making this happen. And I really, I really owe it all to them. You were in Texas prior to this happening. You know, obviously people talk about LA and the music business and Nashville in, in, in the music business. Was this, Outside of you joining Classes Act, was it ever going to be a possibility that you were going to move out to L.A.? It was always in the back of my mind. I because with with my solo thing, I had I had gotten it to to this place of like I had just found like a group of guys and we we were like, you know, gigging around. And I was like, OK, this works, you know, like maybe if I really want to be like rock star someone will find me and will take this band out to california um 
but it, I never would have expected it to just like happen so out of the blue. Um, cause I, I would, I would think like we just keep working and working and working and making albums and albums. But the truth is, is that like, you, you can't, you can't like somehow, you can't just like be a rock star out of a place like Dallas, Texas, even though that that would be like pretty cool. I think a lot of people like even like Vince Neil, he 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 has his own like private plane now or private jet or something so that he can and he's and he's you know he's been working for like 40 years and so i guess his dream is to has been to like be able to fly from his home in Nashville to wherever he needs to go in order to like you know do stuff with Motley Crue um but at least in the beginning you have to be you have to be where you know these important people are like our manager and of course the guys in this band um so it's it's important to be to be where where they are um because if you know you just have to be selling yourself um luckily uh our manager found me but uh if i didn't really have him then i would still be just like working and working in texas and really not going anywhere but with with the help of of rick he's been so so you know i we wouldn't we wouldn't be on this on this tour without him so it really it really takes a village was that hard to give up i mean obviously you're in a in a band that is on the verge of 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 success with their album you're building up an audience but you know coming from something that you built yourself you know that's a big change and that's that's hard to give up because you you've put your heart and soul in it what was that like kind of putting that behind you and moving to la and and joining classless act the thing that I that I realized very pretty pretty quickly after I got the call was that this classless act was going to be it still is way bigger than I can even comprehend this this aura and this group of people that are that are supporting us is so much bigger than I could have ever, ever possibly built um, around my own solo project and I just realized that I had to take the big step. And my, my bandmates in my solo project were so supportive. They knew that like, if they would have gotten this opportunity, they would have jumped on it immediately. And so they, they, they were just, they just, you know, they were just so supportive. And I realized that like, this was going to be like the big thing that if I really wanted to play music, you know, as you know, play music for a living and be able to do that and not just have it as like a side thing, then it really, you know, I really needed to be in this band and I'm just that extra lucky that the guys are amazing and the songs are amazing. So I feel, I feel really, really blessed. Derek Day has his solo stuff that he kind of does on the side outside of Classes Act. Is there ever, or do you think there will be an opportunity to kind of revisit what you were doing prior to this as kind of a side project? I don't know. I think both, both Derek and I are kind of taking a break from our, our solo, like as far as like, writing for our solo projects which is really like the biggest the biggest drive for our solo projects um i know from time to time derek derek does like whenever he's back home and classes maybe like taking a break from touring he might like go out and like play like a little like a little trio gig um every once in a while but for it's especially for now while we're touring we're really focusing all of our energy in all of our, you know, all of our drive on, on this, on this band classes. 
So the tour begins. You're, you know, you're touring with Motley Crue, Jeff Leppard, Joan Jett, Poison. Have you had a chance to interact with any of the guys? Um, not, not with many people, like from the actual, like from the actual bands themselves. Um, I, I, I br- briefly spoke to Nicky Sticks, like right before you went on stage. That was super cool. Um, but, uh, just meeting like some of these, like some of like the tour managers and some of the people like that work behind the scenes for these bands. Um, and I, you know, like some of these people have been in the business for years and I'm so terrible with names, but I remember one of them, like you hear his voice, like being interviewed on like the dark side of the moon. Cause there's like these little, these little, like, like snippets of interviews in dark side of the moon. And apparently like one of the guys who's like working like as a manager or something on this tour uh, you can hear his voice and he's one of the nicest guys. All the people on this tour are so nice. And um, it's, it's really just been a dream, not only to, to be able to play in places like these, these giant places with, with so many different people that we've, we would have never, we would have never been able to reach otherwise. Um, but also to get to work with these people who have been doing it for such a long time. They've just, they've just made us feel so welcome and made us feel like, you know, that, we somehow deserve to be there. And of course, I'm just happy to be playing music, but you know, it's just been a dream so far. When you see these legendary artists on stage and performing and, you know, Def Leppard's been around since that guy, since I was a kid, Motley Crue, they all have. What are you learning from this celebration of music when you see these bands on stage? I guess... Well, actually, actually, last night we were in Orlando and I, I got to like stand backstage, like right behind uh, Tommy Lee as he was like performing like the first few songs. And I just I, I it, you hear it all the time from these bands like it's you know, they, they love music just as much now as they did back then. But when but when you like see them like putting in the effort, like, you know, like as far as I am away from like. I don't know, like, I don't know, as far as, like, you are away, like, talking to someone, seeing these people that you've, that you've learned from, you know, you've learned how to, like, be a performer by watching these guys, or by listening, or you've learned how to be a better drummer by listening to play, listening to these legends play. It's just different when you're that close to them in person, watching them just play the music as, as, you know, as, as they always did, but just to get to see it in person, it's a completely different feeling. And you just recognize the person that it takes to be able to do this for 40 years. If it's, you know, if it's Motley Crue or Def Leppard or Joan Jett um, and Poison for, you know, for 40 years. Um, it's, it's, it's been incredible to see those people and to kind of see like, I hope I can be like those guys one day where I can, say that I've been I've been fortunate enough to play music for 40 years and I'm I would still be loving it just as much then as I am right now that's that's something incredible and that's something that I've always aspired to become um in regards to my idols and of course these legends that are on this tour the showmanship alone is kind of a lesson right I mean seeing these guys you mentioned standing behind Tommy Lee and seeing that energy, not taking a night off. Is is he still playing only half the show because of his ribs or is he back on full time? He he's only playing like a few songs at the beginning of the set just because he's 
man, I, I remember because Rick Candy manages Tommy Lee. He's our man. He's our manager as well. And he was telling me that Tommy was so bummed um, that he that he couldn't like play the full show because his, his doctor told him not to play at all. Um, but if you you know if you if you ever at one of the shows, he'll, he'll tell you like are you, <laughs> he thought that his doctor was high because like he was not going to like be on the tour and not play drums, you know. Um, but he is playing a few songs and, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's playing like nothing's wrong, which is even crazier. He's just playing like, you know, he's just playing a Motley Crue show, but he's like, he cracked four of his ribs, but just goes to show the dedication. Well, also too, just, you know, being able to plow through, uh, either an injury or if you're not feeling good that day and having that energy, having that showmanship, like I said, you know, just in the last couple of minutes, that, that in itself, that showmanship, regardless of what's happening is kind of like a lesson, you know, they're teaching, you know, you guys in classes act like, Hey man, it doesn't matter if you got a, you know, hundred degree temperature. It doesn't matter if you got four cracked ribs, the show, the show goes on. That's right. Yeah. And thankfully Carpudis is, is filling it, filling in for Tommy, but, uh, yeah, I mean, with, especially with these stadium shows, like in the middle of like June in Atlanta, it was probably like 105 outside oh, wow. while we were playing um, with the sun beating down on us. But when, you, when you're playing music and you're doing what you love, it really doesn't matter what's going wrong as long as you feel at home playing your instrument or in Derek's case, singing, you know, singing and using his instrument. It just feels home. It feels like home wherever you are. Um and so I, I've, I've definitely, I've definitely learned that the show must go on through any circumstances that you might be in. And it, you know, it, it really doesn't matter like what's going on as long as you're, you're able to play the music. Um, and of course, just, just, I just feel so blessed to be in this position to be able to be in this band and to get to go out and play these shows. So, you know, hundred degree weather or, a broken a broken hand um it really really doesn't matter what's going on as long as i get to play music it's just i feel so blessed how'd you break your hand oh i uh i i lost a fight to a, a monitor <laughs> i uh so i i basically like i was I, it was actually like the warm-up show uh in dallas that we played before we we played our first stadium show and I went down and I w- went down to my knees. And I went for like a big strum or something like that. And basically I just punched a monitor and that'll do it. And I learned, I learned through that, that uh, punching a monitor does not hurt the monitor. It only, it only hurts yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. Those, there's not a lot of give in those monitors. No. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not planning on punching anything uh, for the rest of my life now. <laughs> but yeah i mean you know any anything anything can happen especially at these shows like cables can get unplugged or a- anything can happen but we're, you know we're living the dream so the show must go on how's been the crowd reception for you guys the crowd reception i mean if one person is is loving it that's enough for me but especially at this last show we just played in orlando um it unfortunately got delayed because of weather, but uh, there were, by the end of our set, there were 21,000 people. And what it really hit me whenever we like, whenever we'd stop a song, like whenever we like, you know, hit the last note and we'd just be like standing there 
or like tuning our guitars, I just like look out to the crowd. And I've never, I've never seen, first of all, I've never seen that many people in front of me probably ever in my life, but to see them like looking at like the bands, that's, that's just a feeling that I've, I've never experienced before, but they've, they've been, you know, the crowds have been so energetic and so receptive and they've made us feel like each stadium is like home, you know? So we've, you know, it's, it's just been so, so incredible so far. You know, the band classes act to me is, is kind of a throwback to that era of Motley Crue and Def Leppard in the sense that, you know, seeing you guys in Chicago, the energy and the spectacle that you create on stage, you know, it's, it's a lot of energy. It's, you know, we went through a period of time in rock music where people kind of stared at their feet and didn't move around a lot. And it was refreshing to see you guys really be energetic, really move around, really kind of um, be showmen because that has been lacking. Is that a, an effort that you guys are, you know, are aware of doing, or did that just come organically, just come naturally? Well, I think part of it is natural and part of it is, is, is purposeful, I guess. Um, because we, we can't help but at least move to some degree when we're playing, you know, whether, even if we're like sitting down, we're tapping our foot or moving our head or like, you know, like shaking our guitar or something like that. But, there's that natural element to it, but there's, there's also the purposeful, like really, like really performing to whatever audience, you know, we, we get to perform in front of. And that's, that involves like really like running around the stage. That's the part that that's maybe purposeful, but we, we, we love what we do so much that we just have to at least move to some degree. So that's, but, but we really wanted to be, we wanted to be a band that you couldn't take your eyes off of, you know, that there's, there's bands that you can, that you can close your eyes or look away and enjoy it just as much because the music is just that good. But we just wanted to put that little cherry on top of, you know, the cake and, and really put on a show. Um, so I, I guess part of it's natural and part of it's purposeful, but uh, it's just something that we really, really wanted to do. The album comes out this Friday. You've recorded before in the studio with your solo stuff and with the band previous to this. What was it like being in a studio with, you know, guys that you are new to, you're developing a friendship, you're developing chemistry. Was that a different experience for you? It was, it was definitely different, but uh, these guys have made me feel so welcome from day one. And uh, I didn't, I actually wasn't on most of, most of this album, but especially on some of the singles, uh, like Time to Bleed and uh, Classless Act, those songs um, I actually recorded at Franco's Franco's house. Um, and we just like sat in his bedroom, just like doing it like the old fashioned way. Like I know like Motley Crue, like did, did their first album, like super low budget, just like using whatever they could. And, and of course you, you feel that you feel that energy through that and just that youthful, just very raw energy about that. And of course, Franco and Derek and Chuck and Dane have been so just like, just inspiring just because they're, they're, they're different musicians and they're so, they're their own creative forces. And they give me like little things to like try and like little things to like, maybe you should do that, like to, to like end that little run maybe. Um, and so it, especially like I remember recording the Classic Axe solo 
um that was really like my first like that's actually like the big my, my big my big solo on the record is is that solo and i remember recording it a couple times and they were just like whoa like i'm just they they, they just they they always make me feel like i'm i'm an important part of the band an important part of like the chemistry and the way that like this you know the way that like the way the chemistry is i guess um so it's it's been it's been so fun recording and um i i i can't wait for y'all to hear the whole album it's it's been such a big part of the past year for my life so i hope it'll be a big part for for your life and for the people watching what's it like being on this album coming out being on this tour the excitement that you have and knowing that you know all the work that you've done previously to this is now going to finally be out for people to hear even though you know you may not be on every song but still this is this is kind of like you and your coming out party too as well as along with the band it's like i said it's been such a huge just like we've been playing these songs for like especially in the beginning we played these songs like every single week at this little at this little like club and it's been such a huge like you know there 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 are there are children if you will i mean franco franco and derek are really the biggest like creative forces behind most of the album when, when it comes to like writing the arrangements and the lyrics and the melodies um and so it's like it's like giving a part of you to to your audience like it's whether it's like a little insight or whether it's your interpretation of the music that you grew up with um, and taking that and like making it your own. It's, it's the most important part about being an art. Well, I guess the second most important part, I guess the most important about being an artist is making your art and getting to express yourself and do that. But it's, but it's also getting to, express that art and to release that that expression to uh the world and the in your audience um so and this this album it took it it was recorded before most of it was recorded before i even joined the band so it's been in the works for such a long time there's been so much so much so much time and effort that's been put into making this album a reality and it's it's really it's going to be really it's a, it's going to be really important to us for the rest of our lives because we're this band is never going to release a first album a debut album ever again so it's really it's really just we we hope that y'all love it as much as we've just you know just poured our hearts into it for the past year and um we just we just hope that y'all just hope that y'all love it just just so much was it important for you to have a creative spot on this album? You mentioned that, you know, there's some songs that you're not on, but there are some that you are, but was that important for you to kind of have your touch on this album? I guess the most important thing for me was that the writers of the song really feel like that the songs really were what they were envisioning in their minds because as a solo artist and as someone who's, who's written songs of my own, I've, and especially with being a solo artist, I, I would usually record like all the instruments myself so that like my vision was always very, was very clear because 
I knew what I wanted and I could play it and make sure that it was, it was the way that I wanted it. Um, it even, even guys like Franco, Franco is an, uh, aside from being a great bassist, he's an incredible guitar player, pianist, and he's also a great singer. Um, and he could really do it all for like the songs that he writes, but with this being a band, we also want that element of like combining the five elements of classless and incorporating that into each into each song but also capturing that vision that started with like just a singular riff or a chorus that just comes out of nowhere and you just write down um so it's just always striking that balance of of the production of it all of it being like a full band but also getting that raw capturing that raw inspiration that that made you want to write the song in the first place um so when it came to playing on a few of these songs like time to bleed or classless act i really wanted to tread lightly because these they, they spent so much time creating these songs and making these parts um and i didn't want to change them or make it to just make it make it not be what the song deserved but especially like a song like class of sack derek wrote the lyrics for that song uh with the with the help of like some outright outside writers and franco um but he he really like they really wanted me to like put my own spin like especially like on the solo or on these riffs um and so they really made me feel like that I was going to be like the last little last little thing that the song needed uh, for the particular songs that I was on. Um, and I really don't think I would have done it if they weren't really if they didn't really seem comfortable with me just like putting my own stamp on it. But they really made me feel like like my my contribution to the song is like is really part of the song and not just like a little addition. It's like really really integral to it and i'm really really thankful that they that they really appreciate you know what i bring to the table i guess are you guys doing any dates in between shows like a lot of bands do or are you just just doing this straight we're, we're doing a few um we are i i honestly don't know if i can mention one but uh we are we are doing a couple i think like maybe three or four um we're doing like little like i think theater shows actually and i think we'll be announcing one very soon uh, coming up sometime, I think in July. So be on the lookout. As far as doing this small tour prior to you guys getting on, the, you know, the stadium tour and then touring with Dorothy, how much did that help you guys prepare for this huge opportunity for you for the band? Well, for for most of us, some of us like Derek. Uh, Derek has been on. Uh, He's been on like a few dates of certain tours, like with very, very huge acts like Steve Vai and Ted Nugent. Um, but none of us had really like been like responsible for ourselves. And our, our tour managers are not necessarily, with all due respect to them, because they're, they're, they've been helping us so much. They'd never been tour managers before, like being on tour with us. Um, and so we were, it was a learning experience for all of us. And we were learning how to, how to, how to keep the machine well, you know, keep the machine, the machine going and make sure that every show was consistent 
consistency was the biggest part of was the biggest learning experience for this for the the uh, Dorothy tour. Um, we really learned because we, we play the same songs every single show, and we wanted to make sure that that the people in North Carolina got just as good of a show as the people in Georgia. Um, and because we don't know when we, when we're going to see these people again, because of course it takes, you know, it takes a lot of driving, you know, for us in a, in a little van, you know, just with a trailer hitch behind it, it takes, it's going to take a long time to get back there. So we just want to make sure that each show really counts whenever we, we get to play them. So that was really like the, the biggest thing that we learned on the small tour. And I don't think we really would have understood that had we not, had, had we not like been a part of that, that Dorothy tour. Um, and it just helped us be, be that much more ready for something as on as such a big of a scale as the stadium tour. How's the Led Zeppelin bootleg collection going? Oh my goodness. It never ends. <laughs> Uh, I, I love, you know, I, I love, you know, cause I, being, being someone who performs live, I love, I love listening to my favorite bands, live shows and kind of like picking out like, Ooh, they were really into it for like this particular show. And maybe they were, maybe they were like phoning it in for like this one show, but then like they really, you know, worked on, for, you know, worked it up for the next show and got it really, really going up. So I love, I love it. I'm a very analytical person when it comes to listening to bands live. So I love, I love getting to hear like all the different shows, all the different renditions of songs, especially when they're so improvisatory. I love hearing like little, like different things that they would throw in each night. So it, I guess the like collection never ends. I'm telling you, if you haven't picked it up yet, the shows Zeppelin did at the forum in 77. Bottom city. Yeah, listen to this, Eddie, and some of the other recordings. The drumming on that, Bonham's drumming, is just off the charts. Oh yes, song remains the same. He kicks off that show. And oh, probably, probably the best, probably the best drumming he's ever, uh, probably the best drumming he's ever done in his life. Like he's playing the drums on on song remains the same, and he's going off. Like where's he going with this? And then he just swoops back in on time without missing a beat. It's like you, you're you're kind of, and I love the fact that he plays on that edge. Where you're like, oh my god, is he going to be able to make it back after doing all this stuff? And he does every single time. He's he was a master. He's he's my my number one drummer of all time. He's just there's so much. It's just a whole blend of like the jazz influences, but the like the heavy hands. Oh my gosh, his right foot. Ooh, it's just yeah. all of it. It's just so incredible, and no one. I don't think I don't think anyone's ever really matched him. He's just he's just incredible. Griffin, it's been a blast talking to you again, and so glad that you did this, and uh, so glad that you got this opportunity with Classes Act and being in this band and being on this tour. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely, man. Anytime, everyone. That's Griffin Tucker. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay strong, stay healthy. We'll talk again soon. Take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 